Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. On Saturday, the two remaining functional power plants in Lebanon, Zahrani and Deir Ammar, ran out of fuel and they just shut down. You have people who are simply sleeping on their balconies because the nights are way too hot during summer and there's no power to power any air conditioning. Or you have the insane cases of food poisoning because restaurants cannot freeze their food properly anymore. It is incredibly scary. You have streets that used to be very vibrant, such as Hamra Street or Jemeize, which are usually filled with pubs, bars, restaurants, cafes, stores completely pitch black and you have residential areas that are completely dark and it's incredibly scary because that leads to an increase in crime rates, thieveries and people in general feel very insecure right now. I am Nadal Durham and I am a reporter for the Washington Post in Beirut. And I'm Adam Clark Estes. This is Rico Daily. It's been a difficult time for Lebanon. A year after a warehouse explosion killed over 200 people in Beirut, the country continues to juggle a political crisis, an economic meltdown, and a global pandemic. Now, the recent blackouts have dealt another blow. So Nader, to understand this power outage, we first have to understand the current moment in Lebanon's economy. How did the financial crisis start? Well, um, the financial crisis was basically a disaster that was just waiting to happen. The post-Civil War economy of Lebanon was never sustainable in the first place. It was more of a chance for businessmen and former militia leaders to capitalize on the destruction rather than have a real economy plan. So what they created was a sort of bubble that showed the illusion of a functional financial system, but that was always, always incredibly fragile. And even with that, there were so many people in Lebanon that never experienced this little bubble. It was specifically created for foreigners or middle to upper class Lebanese people. Lower class, foreign workers, refugees never saw this kind of normal life that Lebanon supposedly provided. So what would happen with that was that banks would attract investors to the country with incredibly high interest rates. But the issue here was that banks were never sure that they would be able to give that money back. So what happened was when the war in Syria broke out in 2011, investors started to pull out because they did not want to keep their money that close to a civil war because they saw that Lebanon was not a stable country anymore, basically. And the Lebanese pound, which was once 1,500 to the dollar, is now, right now, it might change tomorrow, over 20,000 pounds to the dollar. So it's just a catastrophe on all levels. And as I understand it, a lack of fuel has been at the center of the crisis. Why are fossil fuels a uniquely important resource in Lebanon? Lebanon relies a lot on gasoline. It's a country that's heavily reliant on fossil fuels to function, which was incredibly unsustainable because 
it would rely simply on the money it could get from abroad. So when the pound lost its value and there was no money anymore in the country, they could not bring in a good enough amount of fuel anymore. And one other important element was that Lebanon used to have a deal with an Algerian company called Sonatrak. Sonatrak used to give the country fuel to power its state-sanctioned power plants. But in 2019, a corruption scandal erupted between the company and its subsidiary in Lebanon, which caused the company to simply not renew its contract, which ended in 2020, and pull out. So Lebanon lost a huge source of fuel, and the government has yet to find an alternative. And that brings us back to the situation with the electric grid. For folks in the U.S. that don't know, how is the electric grid in Lebanon different than the one in the U.S.? Basically, the electric grid in Lebanon relies on some hours of state-sanctioned electricity, but Lebanon never had 24 hours of state-sanctioned electricity. So instead of that, what would people do was that they would subscribe to private generator owners or simply get a private generator for their building, which would cover up the hours of blackouts from the state. But nowadays, because simply the state uh, company ran out of fuel and the power plants are barely able to function, we are receiving maybe two to four hours of state-sanctioned electricity per day, sometimes as low as one. And so is that what happened over the weekend? The power plants just ran out of fuel? Yes. So basically, the state electricity company called Electricité du Liban was warning for a few days that it's slowly running out of gas and it cannot continue this way. And on Saturday, it released an announcement saying very simply, we're out of fuel. We cannot operate anymore. So this threw the country into complete darkness. We had no state-sanctioned electricity for 24 hours. Only those who could use their private generators or their subscriptions to get at least some sort of power during this period. So just to put things into perspective, for a while, Lebanon was on the brink of a bottled water crisis. Why? Water bottle factories could not operate because there was no state electricity and they were running out of diesel oil for their generators. And above that, because Lebanon is not receiving car fuel either, their trucks did not have enough fuel to transport these bottled waters. So you would have for a while people rushing to supermarkets to get some water and empty shells of bottled water. And other cases would be in August, you would receive several statements from hospitals, including some of the biggest hospitals in the Near East, saying that if we do not receive fuel shipments in the next two days, we will have to shut down. And this put the life of patients on life support at huge risk. And the biggest problem that also keeps on happening is with the internet connection. Several times, Lebanon's main internet provider had to shut down its services in some areas because it's not receiving any electricity. So there is also the constant risk of internet blackout in Lebanon if the problem does not get solved. We've been seeing a lot of protests in Lebanon over the last couple of years as the economy continues to decline and people lose trust in the government. How have Lebanese citizens reacted to this outage? Well, this is where we talk about maybe one of the most violent aspects of Lebanon's crisis. This is an incredibly slow collapse. It's not just one big trigger that causes anger or something. It's a slow and very continuous process where it forces people to simply spend their energy in trying to survive rather than take the streets and protest. People are too busy trying to at least charge their phones, trying to cook some food. Some people have not been using refrigerators or freezers for months because they cannot power them. 
So what Lebanese people are going through is a huge case of collective depression. It has reached the point where the country's only suicide hotline, which also had to shut down a few times due to not having electricity, has said that it's receiving an overwhelming amount of calls from people simply asking for some, at least some sort of psychological support because they simply cannot bear loss after loss after loss after loss. There have been some levels of community organizing. So you would see some pages on Instagram where uh, that would share, for example, this is a list of affordable therapists that would make you pay, you know, a hundred thousand or less per session. But as amazing as psychological support is, it cannot fill an empty stomach. So there are several mental health initiatives that still provide psychological help and therapy sessions, sometimes for free even, that are starting to kind of diversify with their ways of supporting someone mentally, giving them some food, maybe sometimes cash assistance or some new clothes, anything of that kind, because really this is a crisis that has taken a huge, huge, huge toll on people's mental health. So Nader, is the power back on now in Lebanon? Or I guess maybe a better question might be, for whom is it back on? <laughs> um, so basically what the government did when electricity completely shut down was that it asked for an emergency supply from the Lebanese army, which it got, and it waited until a shipment of Iraqi oil. This allowed us to come back to the one or two hours of electricity per day. Other than that, it's whoever can have a private generator is getting it. So in your article, you mentioned that this power outage serves as a reminder of the dire state of Lebanon's electricity sector. I wonder what would need to happen to carry Lebanon and other countries that depend on fossil fuels for their electricity. What would need to happen to modernize those grids? Lebanon is a place where sustainable energy could be used. There is a good supply of sun for solar power. The people who can afford it already set up solar panels lately to make up for the lack of electricity. And there are plenty of water sources, but the government has not yet used any of these resources that we have to kind of find an alternative pathway. Whenever someone asks the government, they would say that, you know, they're trying to find solutions, they're working on long-term solution. But unfortunately, the only thing we have seen is short-term solutions that do not solve the problem, but simply postpone it for a later time. The government signed a deal with Iraq. However, even this deal can only provide four months of electricity, and this only applies for a few hours per day. Other than that, there is a United States-approved plan to bring electricity from Egypt through Jordan and Syria to Lebanon. But still, this plan would make up for 15% of Lebanon's power needs, and it still needs several months to be implemented. So on the long term, there is still no solution for the economic or energy problems in the country. But yeah, this is basically Lebanon, the huge mess. <laughs> I just think it's important to say that this crisis was just something that was waiting to happen. A crisis that consistently and continuously helped the rich get so much richer, but made the poor more and more marginalized throughout time. And we're just seeing this even more right now. So what I'm seeing is a country that has essentially collapsed. It's not collapsing anymore. It has collapsed. We're just discovering the different layers of the collapse that keep on showing themselves. 
Natter, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. Lebanon's new prime minister, Najib Makati, had already pledged to end the fuel crisis and restart talks with world leaders to fix the country's economy. And after this latest round of blackouts, the pressure is on for Makati to deliver change and not to get complacent like previous governments have. My name is Adam Clark Estes, and this episode was produced by Alan Rodriguez Espinosa and engineered by Melissa Ponce from Hamlock Creek Productions. Thank you for listening to Rico Daily. If there are other stories you want us to look into? Let us know by emailing us at ricodaily at ricode.net.